Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Girlfriend Network, where women stay connected with your host, and Karishma, right here on the Love Zone USA. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the Girlfriend Network right here on the Love Zone USA. Um, we are so excited and happy to have you here. And it is me, Karishma, and the lovely Nikone. Nikone, how are you? Happy Monday. Hi, Karish. Happy Monday to you, and happy Monday to all our listeners out there. How are you? How's your Monday been? How's it going? You know, I am actually very tired on Monday. (laughs) I never usually feel very dreary on Mondays. I'm pretty, like, excited, you know, active. Today I was just, like, exhausted, and I even, I left work early, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to get all this stuff done. And I came home, and I meal prepped a little bit, and I, I just crashed. Oh, like, after that, nice. I just crashed. Like, I was like, okay, just lounging, I guess, and um, just did not get anything done. But I think it's important to have those days where you just can relax, and it doesn't have to be that every minute has to be productive. And, I, you know, sometimes I feel like a failure when I don't get stuff done, but <laughs> I just have to be like, you know what? I cook, I did something, and sometimes my body just needs to relax. <laughs> Absolutely. I always say listen to your body because if you don't, um, a lot of times you may get sick. So if your body tells you to sit still, then sit still. It's okay. But I need to take my own advice. Huh? But, yeah, actually, Karish, I was in your neck of the woods yesterday. I was in New York. I was um, right near Central Park West because I shot some new headshots. So um, I got got in and I got out. It's a big snowstorm that we were supposed to get where I live. We only got a couple of inches, and it was harder for me to recover today because I really walked around once I got home yesterday from New York. I really was living like, I'm not going to have to go to work tomorrow because we're just going to get this blizzard and I'm going right. to be able to stay home, stay in bed and do whatever. Well, not the case at all. So um, that kind of threw me off a little bit. So that was bad. And like you, I've just been sluggish all day. I mean, I did my normal, I, you know, went to the gym, did all that. But I'm, I'm like you, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired, kind of dragging. But... Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just this weather or whatever, but you know what? I did realize that I have, honestly, I, I'm very grateful. I feel so much better. It's been 14 days since I have given up soda, and I'm trying to get it to 21, nice. um, you know, to break the habit. But I feel so much better, um, not like just physically and, you know, now when I know I'm tired, I'm like, okay, it's because I'm really tired and not having a sugar crash. So I've been feeling much better about it. It's been quite a journey. I mean, if anybody knows me, they know that I am not one to cook. I used to love drinking soda and ordering out, and I've been really trying to take care of my body because, I mean, it's scary. Like, you're hearing all this news. And also, um, rest in peace, Luke Perry, who passed today of a stroke, and he's only 52. 52. Like, it's so sad. He's so young, and everyone who, you know, Everyone who talks about him said he's just so sweet, so humble, so amazing. But rest in peace with Perry. I mean, I remember, like, everyone in my family and all my aunts and uncles, like, loving 90210. And he that was just quite the well. heartthrob. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, it's really, it's really sad. But, you know, today we yeah. have a great show. We're going to be talking about African-American women and mental health stigmas, which 
I love that we cover such a variety of topics on this show, and this is something really important. And I'm glad we're going to have the wonderful Raquel Martin on. Um, she is a PhD candidate. She has this amazing podcast. She has a massive. I mean, yeah. she just she knows it all, and I'm really excited to kind of go through and have an open discussion because this is something really important that we need to discuss, especially, you know, for us women of color in our society, like, we really don't discuss it that much. But we're going to go into our first song, which is Money by Cardi B, and we'll be back on the Girlfriend Network with Nikon and Karishma. Look. My bitch is all bad, my niggas all real. I ride in dick in some big tall hills. Big fat checks, big large bills. Burn out flip like 10 car wheels. Cold ass bitch. I give raw chills. Send it for looks and my lips so kill. I kiss them in the mouth. I feel all grills. Heat in the car, that's what's on wheels. Woo! I was born to flex. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like more than sex. But nothing in this world that I like more than checks. Money. All I really want to see is the Money. I don't really need to be any the Money. All a bad bitch need is the I got pants in the coop, bustin' out the roof. I got pants in the coop, touch me, I'll shoot. Shake a little ass, you get a little bag and take it to the store. Get a little cash, you shake it real fast, you get a little more. I got pants in the coop, bustin' out the roof. I got pants in the coop, bustin' out the roof. I got a fly, I need a jet, I need room for my legs. I got a baby, I need some money, I need cheese for my egg. Green brass knuckles to scuffle. I heard that Cardi went pop. Yeah, they go pop. Pop. That's me buzzing they bubble. I'm the Sonny with the drip. Baby mommy with the clip. Walk out bodies with a bitch. Bring her thotty to the whip. If she find her, she fake. God damn. Fucking pass the mirror. Ooh. Charlie Wilson, and you're listening to The Love Zone USA, where you can listen to your heart, and we live and learn. and learn. Hello, and welcome back to the Girlfriend Network. I'm here, Nacone, with Karishma. We're back on another Woo-hoo. Monday. Listeners, thank you so much for rocking with us. Please call in 347-539-5729. As always, Please follow us on IG, the underscore girlfriend underscore network, to plug in and see what's coming up on future shows. So, Chris, we're back, and we have an amazing guest today. Yes, we um, do. You're talking about mental health. Now, you know, I've revealed my truth um, not too long ago where I was talking about my son and um, I went through some things with my son, and it happened very late in his life. And um, I noticed a change in him while he was in college. I noticed he was very different um, than when he had left for college. Um, and it took me a long time to get him help and to get a diagnosis for him. And um, he was diagnosed with bipolar. 
So, you know, my son has been on medication for like a little bit over a year and going through therapy. And it's been very eye-opening for me, um, challenging at times, but I'm just very blessed that we came out on the other side. And, um, you know, my son is healthy now and doing great and working and about to finish his education as he couldn't even get through um, college. But, you know, it just, I really pay attention now to mental illness and mental health, and it's like so many more people are affected by mental illness. The stats are, like, overwhelming um, that somebody that you know, out of a few people that you know, somebody is probably having a mental health issue. So um, I'm just really glad that, you know, we have Raquel here. I, I feel like this topic is very personal, um, and I want to get some insight from her. So if she is here, Raquel Martin, are you there with us? Yeah, I am. Thank you so much for having Hi. me. Hi. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. We are so impressed with your credentials. You go, girl, because... Um, I know I've heard that, like, um, from your podcast, you've been in school for, like, maybe 12 years. Yeah, it's <laughs> my whole life. I always surprise um, my yeah. <laughs> I'm in, like, the 20th grade. You're only in the 8th grade. Get over it. <laughs> I love that. And I really love you from um, listening to your podcast, but we'll get into that later. So, um, first, please introduce yourself to our listeners and give them some background on you. Oh, yeah, definitely. So my name's Raquel Martin. I'm a uh, Ph.D. candidate in medical and clinical psychology. I'm studying to be a child psychologist. Um, I actually graduate in May. I'll be defending my dissertation Ooh. in a couple of weeks. Yay. I'm very excited about that. Wow. I am so excited. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm currently a pre-doctoral intern at um, Johns Hopkins Kennedy Krieger Child and Family Therapy um, Clinic. So I work um, with children, adolescents, and families, of course, because anytime you're doing child or adolescent therapy, you're doing family therapy, too. Um, and I'm from Philly. I went to, um, I got my bachelor's and master's in Nashville, and um, I'm out here in Maryland now. Wow. I mean, can you just, can we just, like, do a clap for that resume? I mean, right. oh, my God. Come oh, my goodness. That's amazing. We just, you know, yeah. we, it's not every day that we just get to interview geniuses. I mean, we interview a lot of great, right. inspiring people. You are not interviewing a genius yeah. today. Like, oh. <laughs> yes. oh, my goodness. I know some things. I read some books. I say some stuff. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And especially, you know, this is a topic is we, you know, our show, we're both, Nicole and I, we're women of color, and it's really important. And I think that, you know, I'm I'm Indian, and I've seen it a lot in my culture where mental health is just kind of pushed to the side. And, you know, yeah. I have friends that, you know, suffer from it, like, you know, just depression, anxiety, like there's just so much. And a lot of it goes undiagnosed. It takes out, it, it takes a long time before anyone will even kind of acknowledge it to be a problem. And, oh, yes, you know, and seeing this, it's kind of, I always wonder, I'm like, why Why do we do that? What is it, like, as our culture that, like, people of color are less likely to accept that there are mental health issues and accept it as something that is just as important as any physical ailment? I think you I think you have it perfectly in the title of today's episode. Like, it's just the stigma of it. Like, if you um, come from a minority or underserved population, like, you, you have to be close-knit, you have to be stick together, you have to be like twice as good, get half as far, because less people look like you, so you're kind of representing every single person that looks like you, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. if you are the only black person in the room, and the only Indian person in the room, and the only Asian person in the room, you are representing your entire race. Um, and that's like a cross right. that a lot of people, a lot of minorities have to bear. Like, it must be amazing to be a part of the majority race and only represent yourself, but I don't have that. Like, I will represent the opinion of every black female in the room if there's a question about, what does the black female think? So when you do that, like, you have a concern of showing weakness and for a lot of people mental health problems is a a sign of weakness but it's even worse that way because individuals that are more likely to suffer from um, mental health disorders are minorities like being an underserved population or being a minority in America is already a stressor that will make you more likely 
experience a mental health disorder. So we need to go to therapy more than anyone, and we are going to therapy less than anyone. Yeah. Right. Um, And a lot of it is because we won't, like, you know, there's certain things that we just kind of tend to brush under the rug. So, like, oh, you know, um, or, you know, I'll see this in my family a lot, where people will just kind of be like, oh, well, I don't understand. I don't understand therapy, or I don't understand why they're going to therapy. Like, just kind of get over it. And sometimes they don't realize that it's, it's not that simple. And a little bit of kind of like yeah. a, a, a shaming towards, you know, because for us it's like a lot of we think like, oh, just, you know, all white people are going to therapy. Or, you know, it, it just becomes something like that. Or yeah. everyone has therapists in New York and that kind of thing. So it's just become a norm. But, you know, I mean, I have a family member that suffers from depression. It was very shocking for her parents and, and a lot of, like, the elders in our family because it just, it came as a shock. And I think that the best thing was that when it happens and it happens to someone that you love, it's just like, it kind of forces you to open up, be more open, Mm -hmm. be more understanding and try to really Uh understand and get all the facts. Because there's a lot that we don't know. And we, we kind of just choose to be a little bit ignorant about it. Yeah, and I think we I think you said it right when you made when you stated that you choose to be ignorant about it because I think a lot of times um like trauma or mental health stuff is is generational like it's genetic. So we can acknowledge that like maybe so and so like auntie so and so gets through their moods where they just like are what well, we'd seem as irrational, but that's just them. Or maybe like for months at a time certain people get sad in the family, but that's just them and they don't deal with it. And you kind of pass that on like my grandmother, she got sad like it's you work and you come home and you just deal with it and that's just life so they weren't too happy but then their child wasn't too happy and this is just how it is and it's not just how it is it's just what we become accustomed to and that's the issue like you're so used to seeing people deal with these stressors in a a maladaptive way um that it just becomes the norm it's like oh yeah they just have outbursts or oh yeah they just like to drink and it's like "Mm, it's a substance use disorder because they're trying to deal with their stressors and we just acknowledge it like you're you're so used to seeing it you're so used to seeing this person be this way that you're just like oh i don't need to get help and it's like you need to get help and your child needs to get help and your parent needs to get help all of you need help like Mm -hmm. nobody didn't need help i'm just the only one who got Mm -hmm. it (laughs) it's funny that you're talking about this. I don't know if you heard me say, Raquel, but I just went through a situation with my son that he was just um, diagnosed a little bit over a year um, with bipolar. But it's just weird because they're like, we're not really saying he's bipolar. Like, they're, they're like, we don't want to call him that. But it's like um, bipolar mixed with um, depression. So, you know, with talking about therapy, I was really one of those people that, you know, I would look at other people who were going through depression or whatever, and I'd be like, whatever. Like, get over it. Get over yourself. Put your, your big boy or your big girl panties on and just do what you need to do. Until I was slapped in the face with it, and then I was like, oh, damn. Like, this is crazy. And, like, um, it really was, uh, like, a metamorphosis, a metamorphosis for me, an epiphany. I went through all this stuff because I grew up in that family where my family didn't believe in therapy. We don't go to therapy because we are proud black people, and we're not going <laughs> to go to no stranger and put our dirty laundry out here to some person, usually white. Um, we're, we're just not going to do that. And, you know, what you need to do is you just need to grow up mature and handle your handle so (laughs) you know um it it was crazy but then I was talking to people mostly um white friends and coworkers who were like yeah I go to therapy just because and I'm like what do you mean just because well you know you got to take care of your mental health and and you just go for like you know how you go for your physical your routine physical I just go and I check in with my therapist and we just talk and I'm like what are you talking about And they're like, life and just whatever I want to talk about. And I'm just like, well, that's ridiculous. But then it was like between my son and me talking to more people and realizing a lot of people are having mentally, you know, ill issues or I don't know. Now I'm like a big advocate of therapy. Um, My friends are doing it. And it's like the cool thing to do. Just go to therapy and vibe with your therapist and you know, hopefully come out better and healthier. I mean, does that, you know, is, have you seen, like, a trend with that? 
Raquel, yeah, when I talk to my um, patients and where I'm seeing, like, these teens, I'm like, all the cool kids are doing it. Just do it. Yeah. Like, you know, like, just, yeah. like, therapy, I do see, like, more people um, coming into session. And I think it's um, the fact that uh, people are starting to recognize that certain things are not normal. Um, like, they're they're mm-hmm. starting to be able to witness the fact that, like, there's a difference between depression and a, dep- and a depressive episode, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned your son um, who's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Like, I think a lot of people, they think of um, depression, they're like, oh, that's just a person that's sad. But that's not. Like, I'm not going to diagnose you with depression if you're just sad. Like, I mean, living in this era right now, I am sad, for God's sake. But, like, it's, it's about the fact that it, the um the feelings of sadness change the way you think the the way you behave the way you like feel within the day like depression a lot of people think it's just feeling sad that's only one part of it it's also about being irritable it's also about having fatigue it's also about having issues with concentration it's also about having um thoughts of suicide sleep disruption it's also about impacting other parts of your life like work school home like being sad mm-hmm. doesn't do all that being depressed does so I think, like, there's always this perception. It's like, oh, you're just feeling sad for the moment, and you're, you're just, like, you can get over it. But if you are so sad that it's changing the way you behave, you're not engaging in things you used to enjoy anymore, you're not sleeping or you're sleeping too much, you're not eating or you're eating too much, you're irritable all the time, like, you don't want to do anything, mm-hmm. that's depression. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. sad is just, oh, sometimes I get sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. It's like, um, the difference between how you feel after, like, a This Is Us episode versus, right. like, how you're right. feeling for months. <laughs> Like you've been, right. and then plus it's like you've been feeling this way for months. That's another thing. There are episodes of sadness. Mm-hmm. Like I totally get that, but depression. I'm also looking at how long you've experienced these emotions, and to be feeling that mm-hmm. way for months. Like, oh my God, I used to love basketball. Now I don't want to watch it. I don't want to do it. I've been feeling this way for months. I sleep in. I eat too much. I've gained weight. That's depression. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We we're gonna go into um, a song, and we're gonna come back and chat more with the lovely Raquel Martin. Um, we're gonna go into. J-Lo's On the Floor, right here on the Girlfriend Network.
This is Linda Clifford, and when I want to stay away from a runaway love, I listen to the LoveZoneUSA.com so that I know I'm getting the right information and won't ever make that mistake again. And you should, too. Good evening, and welcome back. We're back here, Girlfriend Network. Thank you, listeners, for continually rocking with us. Don't forget, we're also on iHeartRadio. Call in, 347-539-5729. We are back with the amazing Raquel Martin, soon to be Dr. Martin. That must be so exciting. (laughs) Countdown, right? So um, I just want to ask you really quick, and then we're going to get back on topic. So, you know, it's May. You've graduated. What's the first thing you're going to do? Um. I am probably going to nap because when I graduate, okay. I will be nine months pregnant. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> we did not know that. I will be waddling across the stage at nine months. I'm going to look like a house in that gown. <laughs> That's okay. You're going to be beautiful, educated, and all that. So that is I know. I know. Great. I can tell. So I'm having a boy, and I could be like, we both graduated. <laughs> going down. Right. Oh <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, you must really be exhausted, though. You, I am. I do, t- I do tell my mom, like, nah, I'm napping after this. Now, we can get food, but I do need to sleep. What? <laughs> that was funny. I thought you were going to say vacation, or you were going to do... <laughs> no, actually, so he's due in June, um, so I'm going to take some time off, and then I'm actually going into, like, the second part of, like, our residency program, which is my um, postdoc, and I'll actually wow. be... Um, at the Center for Ch- um, Family and Traumatic Stress uh, in, wow. in Baltimore at Kennedy Krieger at the Johns Hopkins Clinic. And I get to do more work with trauma, which I absolutely love because there aren't that many trauma-informed clinicians. And I also get to be in Baltimore, so I'll be able to work with, a, like, a high minority population, um, which is really, really important to me because, like you mentioned before about, like, seeing a, um, a clinician is like, I'm not going to see somebody, and I definitely ain't going to see no one that doesn't look like me. Um, and I'll never forget, right. like, this one time I saw a patient, and she was so excited that her hair was the same as mine because I had braids. And she was just like, her hair is like mine. And I was like, it is. We're going to vibe. You're going to love me. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> but little kids really like that. Like, they really gravitate towards that, just like the fact that there's not many male clinicians. Boys want to talk to boys. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Especially teenage yeah, boys when they're going through all that gross stuff. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. So, and you know, speaking of children and boys, so, you know, we know you work with children and you've done a lot of things and in-depth, um, you know, studies with children. So, Raquel, what is, like, the number one problem you see with children? What are the issues that, you know, our babies, especially our brown babies, are um, dealing with today? 
Um, I feel like when it comes to minorities and especially like, like um, also like first-generation-born American children, they don't really get to be children. Um, I feel like they are like seen as little adults and as that like the standards are way higher for them um, when it comes down to that, which is stressful. Um, they're also not really good at expressing emotions. So um, it's very easy to miss when they're being depressed or anxious, when they're, like, showing anger, and you automatically think they're having some behavioral disorder. But really they're just depressed and they don't know how to express it. I always describe anger um, like if there's a picture of, like, an anger iceberg, and anger is above the water. But below the water is, like, guilt and shame and fear and sadness. But you only see what's above the water, and then they get diagnosed wrong, um, which means they get treated differently, which is always a concern. Um, and I also feel like parents are working so hard <laughs> to, like, provide for their child when a lot of times um, it's something that's getting missed is putting an emphasis on values. Like, I see a lot of children being bullied, and parents will say, like, I tell my children not to bully people, which I get, um, but it's also about um, not just telling them not to bully, instilling in them values so that they won't even want to bully someone. They won't even think about it. Like, when do you talk to them about why it's important not to bully? Not just stating that, just saying it's important to respect a person and you want to be respected and talking more about integrity mm-hmm. and honesty and wanting to be treated how others want to be treated. It's more than just saying don't bully. Um, and also I think mm-hmm. technology is just an amazing demon that has destroyed all of us. So there's that. Yeah. It's- like, like screen time is killing me. <laughs> like, having negotiate screen time contracts. Um, and it's not a problem when it's being used appropriately, but um, a lot of times you do have parents coming in and they want their child to just, like, be off technology 100%. And that's not something that you can just teach. You have to build on that. Like, you have to build the self-control aspect of it. So you can't just come in right. when they're, like, saying, like, oh, I don't want them on the video game, and then they don't replace it with something. Video games are fun. I play video games. My husband plays video games. They're amazing. I love them. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're going to take away video games or replace it with something, you have to replace it with something else. You can't just take away the mm-hmm. only fun thing they love right. and not replace it. It's like imagine if someone took away your, like, nightly glass of wine. That's not fair. Hey, what else are you right. going to give me? Like, am I going to get a cocktail instead? <laughs> Do I get a bubble bath or something else relaxing? Like, you can't just take it away. Um Right. And I feel like that's a that's like an issue. And plus, generationally, a lot of generations, like the older ones, they're just like, get off the game. You need to socialize. But they are socializing on the game. Yeah. Like they they're talking mm-hmm. to people. They're meeting people. They're playing games together. And I think that just gets lost in it. It's like when you everyone's like, oh, I used to play outside. Now they don't have to play outside. And also, yeah. parents are right. half of being outside. So half of these kids are not in good enough neighborhoods to play outside. Right. Especially now when it's dark out really early. This is all they have. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is that's, so true. And I think, do you think that because of the way childhood has changed so much for these kids? I mean, you know, you go out now and you'll see all the kids have their own iPad and they're, you know, they're little and they have their iPad and they're just kind of staring at a screen. So, you know, they're not really having to socialize with anybody. And for a lot of parents, it's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, they'll be quiet because they have their iPad or their game. And I mean, I'm not a parent, so I can't say because I can imagine how difficult it must be to have kids, you know, going around and running around. I mean, I give it, I give props to all parents. Like, I can't even imagine. I'd probably be the first one to be like, you know what, okay, just look at whatever, do do whatever, just I, I don't know what to do. Yes, you know, just sit down, please, please. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, okay, you can be quiet, great. Um, and, you know, and social media is like, so, I mean, you know, I talk to, like, my baby cousin, and she's, like, 15, and she'll be like, oh, yeah, don't you know, you can just do this, and I'm like, oh, like, I am out of it, like, I feel like I'm just now learning how to, like, properly, like, post my pictures on Instagram, and, like, make it all look, you know what I mean, like, I'm like, they are with it, they know everything. Yeah, I'm not a cool kid when it comes to that at all, um, I amuse yeah. the heck out of my patients. Like, they think I am, like, the coolest nerd ever. They're like, oh. The other day, one of them told me that I had a classic deck of cards. They were regular cards. I, I don't know what they were talking about. And I was just like, these are, this is this is Uno. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like, wow. But apparently there's, like, a new Uno. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it has evolved. I've seen like different variations of a game, and I'm just as confused as you. I only know like that one classic with the cards. You know, it comes yeah. trades now, and I don't know buzzers. I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what's going on. 
Yeah, and you also you mentioned a really good point about like the difference when and um the way they socialize and things like that. But I, I think another big thing is that they're so used to such abbreviated interactions, you lose so much when it comes down to that because no one in life as adults say like, Oh, I just love the fact that I have so many acquaintances, right? You wanna have friends. Mm-hmm. I, I love I have right. like random in my life you want to have family or spouses right their their interactions like these social media things everything they do it like thrives yeah. off of the most briefest yep. thing you can only snapchat. do a one minute video you only do like a whatever second snap mm-hmm. like you only text you only like they, you just miss so much in that and i feel like that stays with them when you can't like pay attention to certain things because they never really had to like half of them don't even watch trailers all the way through i don't know what they do when avengers movies come out like I, they can't even sit still like it's just like there's, you lose so much development-wise when you're not thinking about, like, to me, the biggest thing about life is just building, like, strong interactions with others. And it just seems like they're, a lot of them are fixated on acquaintanceships and not, like, friendships and family and understanding that. Because that's what they, they've been built off of. And it's just so yeah. – and plus, if you are used to seeing videos and used to seeing, like, movies and stuff on the screen, books aren't fun. Right. you got to use yeah. your imagination. Like, how dare you expect right. me to think what this character looks like? Tell me what they look like. I want to see a picture. Right. It's crazy. Everything has changed, even the way we read. Like, everybody I know has, like, a Kindle. Um, I tried a Kindle, and I, I couldn't even get down with a Kindle. I'm like, I like the old-fashioned book, the feel of the pages, me turning pages, you know what I mean? But... I'm just like, my God, like now you can even <laughs> download a novel, you know, on your iPad. I, I'm just like, wow. And I, I'm just like, you know, when I grew up, we didn't have none of that. Like the first cell phone that came out looked like a damn brick that some parents had in their car. And it was like, oh, my God, it, if they have that in their car, they're rich because it was like so expensive to make a call from your car. <laughs> Car. Yeah, so when I when I when cell phones first came out, I told my mom I wanted one, and she said, "You don't have a job. You call them from the house." So like, I didn't get a phone until I had a job, and that was when she was like, "Okay, well if you're going to work." And then the rule was you have to pay for your own bill. So she was like, "Who are you calling? Call the house phone." I'm like, "Someone's on it." She said, "Well, you can wait then, can't you? It's not that important." Right. What? But now, but now, but it's so crazy. Now the discussion is, what is the appropriate age for like? For a child to have a cell phone, well, you know, well, who, you know, she's she's eleven. I hear parents talking about it. Well, yeah, she's eleven, so you know, she's responsible enough now to have a cell phone. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm clutching my pearls. I'm just like Jesus, like I, that. Which is not then eleven. Is, mind you, I always tell my patients, uh, and they will know this if they know nothing from me. I always tell them, you are not an adult. Your brain, your brain doesn't even stop developing until you're 25. So 18 means nothing to me. 25 right. for an adult, okay? And even right. then, it's iffy, okay? I tell them this all the time. I'm like, you're not, what? Because you're 16. Just because you look 20 and you look older than me does not mean you're an adult. Right. So, like, and also, like, there's these amazing apps that let you control everything on your parents' phone, so on your child's phone. So I'm all for that. But, no, can you imagine if you had a phone at 11? Gee, I mean, come no. on. It's I think I had a gigahead, and I thought that was amazing. No. Or a Neopet or something. Right? Oh my god! I, I, so I used that. to just read and do. Yeah. I'm the lamest. I, I'm. I'm this nerd life guy. Like. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow. Well, we are. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because I think that phones and like all this technology and everything that's constantly in your face, the social media world, it's it's very scary because you're constantly looking at things that are not real that have been altered. I mean, you know, behind every glamorous picture on a beautiful cliff and you can see all of Italy is, you know, a bit of a filter and a bit of work and a million poses. And, you know, behind every little group of friends, you know, there's all this stuff behind it. And I just noticed that it must be, you know, even I can look at it sometimes and feel a little overwhelmed. And I can't imagine as like a young woman, especially a young woman of color, kind of looking at this thinking, what is, what is my life supposed to look like and what is actually happening in reality? Because Yeah, and where's my place in the system where no one looks like me? Where's my place yeah. in this? Like, if I don't want to be a model, like, so I think there's actually been a really good, there's there's been an increase in representation of um 
black celebrities, but what if you don't want to be an actress? Like, what if you just want to be, not just, but what if you want to be a doctor or a chef? You know, where's the representation there? And also with black boys, like, I feel like, um, and, and, and minority boys, I feel like it's so difficult because if you don't want to be a rapper or you don't want to be, like, a basketball player or a sports player, like, where's that representation? Why do we not lionize, like, doctors and um healthcare workers, and shoot, electricians and plumbers. Like, why don't, why don't we line up the fact that you decided to dedicate your life to something work-wise um, and not to mm-hmm. just celebrity? Like, so many people just want to be yeah. a celebrity. And it's not, not like it's easy to be a celebrity. I cannot imagine, like, the microscope that they're under 24-7. But not only are people not seeing, children not seeing themselves represented color-wise, they're also not seeing themselves represented interest-wise. It's like a very myopic view of, like, this person was, had like an amazing jump shot, so they're a millionaire and they get to do all that. Okay, well, what if I can't? I can't. I, my most competitive sport is shopping. Still, like I can't do that. Like, so where, where's the representation that way? Like, I love the fact that girls are push, being pushed more to STEM. I think that's amazing. But I feel like there's still more of a a gap. Like, you don't see yourself. And think about how disappointing that is for children who feel like they they don't have that kind of talent. What are they going to do? Who are they going to be? That's depressing. Yeah. It's so but funny it that is, you talk yeah. about that because recently for Black History Month, because um, I am that model and that actress that um, you talk about, Raquel. So one of the ways I give back in my community is I go to different schools and I talk about my career and working hard and, you know, staying focused and uh, staying the course and not getting caught up in the bad element. So yeah. the first thing I ask is, I always say everybody has a dream and we all aspire to be something. What is it that you want to be? So it's always a handful of basketball. That's probably, it's like, oh, my God, if there's 15 kids in a class, at least four has dreams and aspirations of being a basketball player in VA. And you guys know and I know, it's like last I heard one in a million shots. You know, to even um, get to that ring. So I'm like, but okay, you still want to be encouraging. But the good thing about social media now, and I tell these children, no matter what it is that they want to be, I'm like, use your social media for positive things, like with all these hashtags. So if you want to be that doctor or that lawyer, find those black doctors and those black attorneys or whomever and follow them on social media and see what they're doing, you know, and uh, what they're studying or, you know, what they're involved in, and hopefully let that be motivation and inspiration instead of finding the video on Turkey, you know, so. Um, yeah, exactly. So the great, one right? the one thing I love about social media is that the networking aspect, like you mentioned, is amazing. Right. You can find people. Doctors have right. Instagram. Them. Find them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, it's so crazy. Um because I heard one celebrity say the reason why he is not on social media is because, like, you can go on social media now, follow somebody, and actually, like, start a conversation with them. You can comment, you know, you can DM them. Sometimes some celebrities talk back, they don't. So this particular celebrity was like, you know, I still want to have some privacy, and I don't want people to be able to get at me like that. So... But the positive side is for those who are looking, you know, to follow certain types in um, certain fields, and maybe they can connect with someone who will talk to them and give them advice and some mentoring. So, you know, it can be used for good. So yes, I think it definitely can be. Like, I think a lot of times um, individuals are like, "Oh, social media is all bad and stuff like that." But like, I, it's not because it does it does help with some children who are like anxious to like get more comfortable like meeting people. Some people get to like find out information that they never would have. A lot of children get exposed to interests that they never would have learned about because they're able to like look it up in school and stuff like that, or they're able to find like some kind of page where all they do is like decorate cakes or crochet something or do like anime or they're able to network like children who are into different interests like you know comic books they're able to network with people across the world that like enjoy comic books like them i think the biggest issue is that like it's not being monitored sometimes Mm. monitoring is like the biggest thing um but when they're younger 
I just always have a concern with, like, you know, I I remember hearing some parents, somebody say, like, I am so glad camera phones were not around when I was young because I would have took pictures of stuff. Um, And that's what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it follows them around. That's my biggest issue. Like, I've had some patients who made some unfortunate decisions, and it has followed them around. And it sucks because, like, it's unfortunate decisions that, you know, typical teen stuff that's going to happen, but a video, the video pops up occasionally. Or um, they get reminded of it because someone sends, like, a group text or something. Or it used to be when you were bullied, you left school and you weren't bullied anymore. Now you can be bullied on Snapchat. Um, I've got old people, so not Facebook, but, like, Instagram, group text, all that. Like, it follows you. So that's where the bad side of it comes in. It is. Um, And on that note, hold that thought, Raquel. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to go to Grown Woman by Beyonce, and we'll be right back. All righty. at a radio station? Well, we here at the Love Zone USA would like to hear from you. We're looking for interns to assist in our production and marketing department. If you're interested, email your resume to thelovezoneusa at gmail.com. Again, that's thelovezoneusa at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Girlfriend Network right here on the Love Zone USA. You're talking with me, Karishma, and the lovely Nikone, and our special guest, Raquel Martin. We've been discussing, you know, mental health stigmas for women of color and really just all the things that we are exposed to um, nowadays from such a young age, especially the new generation. But, um, Raquel, I want to talk about your podcast that you have, The Black Unconscious, um, that you co-host. And, you know, it, I, Nikon and I were listening to a couple episodes and we both were talking about just how great the information was that you discussed and how each topic is, you know, the same, is very different and the approach is always different. And, you know, it's very informative. Oh, yeah, thank you. Like me and um, uh, Justin and I are very, I feel like our personalities are so different and it works <laughs> the way we see different um 
perspectives and also like the populations we see like he sees couples I work with families um, he is working with adults most of the time I get to work with children adolescents so we get to come at each problem from a completely different perspective so it's not like all of the um, same thing most of the time and and how did you come about this podcast what made you think that this is something you wanted to create and what was the process um, I honestly, uh, so I also do research on minority health disparities, um, and one of the biggest issues is lack of information when it comes to, like, knowing what a clinician does, having access to care, um, feeling like individuals don't look like you or understand you, uh, and uh, I kind of wanted to remedy that by, I understand that everyone isn't going to see a clinician and everyone isn't, and our podcast isn't a substitute for, like, a relationship with a licensed professional. But I really just wanted to get education out there in a quicker way possible, like something that you can get, like, when you're driving or something like that. Or instead of reading a book about it, you can just hear us talking about stigma with depression or anxiety. Like, I feel like the great thing about um, where mental health is going now is that it is becoming more public and more people are talking about it. But I think with that is the possibility of getting, like, mixed information and pseudoscience. So I kind of just really wanted, like, two trained professionals who understand stuff, but they can also, like, talk using um, normal syllable words to, like, talk about what the issues are. I am specifically with being a minority in the in the community because we deal with different stressors, as you guys know. Um, being minorities, like, it's, it manifests differently. For example, like, um, when you're diagnosing a minority, they're actually more likely to identify somatic symptoms that are connected to mental health issues instead of actual feelings. So, like, instead of saying they're anxious, they may say that they're having GI distress. Or um, instead of saying they're depressed, they may mention fatigue. And um, just um, having individuals, a lot of things we talk about is, like, tuning into your body to realize that these can be symptoms of stress and, and mental health issues as well. Wow. Yeah. Got it. So um, I was actually listening to um, one of the um, podcasts, Raquel, and it was the, you know, talking about black self-care, intro to the unconscious. And you said um, something rang truth, and I loved it. It was living, coping, and thriving. That right there was a beast. Like, I was just like, wow, you know, um, you guys really honed in on that. And that is really the dynamics or, you know, the recipe um, for good mental health, living, coping, and thriving. And then you guys go on to talk about how, oh, my goodness, African-Americans, right, I think you mentioned 16%. We have mental illness and, um, you know, mostly from life stressors, which is kind of like what happened to my son. You know, he had a breakdown in college from the stress of college. And then you're like, not only do we have those regular everyday life stressors, we have the stress of dealing with racism and all that other stuff on top of it. So, um that was really phenomenal. I was sitting there like, wow, <laughs> wow, you know, um, you know, our culture, cultural, is really, we're really going through some stuff here. And I, you know, I, I don't like to get political, but you know, this president is not making it any easier on us. You know, my goodness, I, I, I swear, every day I turn the TV on, I, like I, I can't even watch anymore because I can just feel myself. Um, you know, having like a heart attack or just like the stress that I go through just from him opening his mouth. It's just like unbelievable. So Yeah, and cutting off the TV is part of self-care, that. so turn <laughs> it off. Um. Yeah, so talk, yes, talk about that self-care, Raquel, because that is so important, the self-care. Yeah, and it's also like it's so generational because um, – you always hear about, like, you mentioned, like, white people, like, always say, yeah, I go to therapy because of dealing with stressors, and that's good. Like, everybody has those baseline stressors, but think about the additional stressors that you have just being a person of color. Think about the additional stressors that you have maybe being the first person who's going to college or maybe being the first person who has a career or the stressors of looking on TV and seeing people that look like you get shot and killed, which is something that I hear from my um, patients all the time, which kind of contributes to their depression. Or when I'm working mm -hmm. with um, – Patients in the Latinx community, I had this one kid who was really afraid that when he came home, his mom wasn't going to be home because he thought she was going to be deported because the news was always on mm. and people looked like him. Their parents were being taken away, you know, right. or 
not wow. seeing people that look like you in a positive state at all, right? Like different minorities are represented in stereotypical ways and constantly seeing that stereotype represented on TV, that is exhausting. Like it's so we have the normal stressors and then you have that compacted aspect of it or feeling like you're not understood by your family members because you're trying to see a clinician and you're improving yourself and when you are improving yourself and you're working on yourself you do start to notice detrimental things around you so people may say that you've changed and you should say i hope so because i've been changing for the better and i'm starting to notice that these things are toxic and i can't have them around me like that's a stressor and if you are a minority a lot of times you are improving yourself and your family's not willing to do that or friends are willing to do that you're going to lose some people and that's difficult too how do you explain to someone like hey i know we all do this and i used to do it too but it's bad (laughs) so (laughs) we kind of got to work on it um, that's hard because they're going to be like, we've been living our whole life this way and you changed. And, like, I did change. We should be changing every day. For real. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, we really, we really do have to be changing every day. And I think that, you know, it's, as we get into, you know, further generations and with technology and just get, being more open about things, at least I think, you know, I've, I've seen this in my family where people have just become more accepting of the problems that people are going through and understanding that mental health is an issue because we're seeing it more in, you know, the younger members of our family. Um, And I think that it's also now something that the older members of our family can understand, like, oh, shit, like, maybe this is what I was going through, but, you know, my parents didn't understand or my parents didn't listen. And so I think it's just like you're kind of learning um, as a culture, as families, just what, has been going on. So, you know, it's been great. Right. Um, Raquel, thank you so much for, you know, being on the show and sharing your knowledge. We know how busy you are and, you know, it just really means a lot to us that you took the time out to be here um, on our show. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. Come back. Come back. Come back. Yes. You are always welcome. Um, If you could just tell the listeners, you know, once again, if they – where they can find you, you know, where they can listen to your podcast or just really anything so that way they can kind of, especially because I know they're going to be so interested in your journey since you're almost close to graduation and having the baby. I know. So. I'm going to be like a real girl now. Like, it's, I feel like Pinocchio. Yeah. Is um, so we, you can find us basically anywhere you can find a podcast. Um, we're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Overcast, all those. We're also on Facebook, um, The Black Unconscious. We're on Twitter, The Black Unconscious, and we're on um no, we're on Twitter, BLK Unconscious, and we're on Instagram, The Black Unconscious. We also answer questions, so if you go to our website, theblackunconscious.com, send us a question or anything like that, we'll answer it. Um, we love questions. The more random, the better. And, yeah, just look, <laughs> look out for us. We release episodes on Thursdays. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and you all have a fantastic yes. evening. You, you do have a wonderful week, Dr. Martin. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Friend. Oh, good night. Nicole. Yes. What, what a great show. It was, I, yes. love it. I love that every week we get to learn something and really honestly just better ourselves as well. And exactly. um, it's great. I, I love when we do shows like this. And Nicole, I, I always, I miss you. At the end of every show, I get so sad because it goes by too fast. It does. And that's what we does. But, but we'll be back. Oh, Again, next Monday, same month. place, same time. Yes! And exactly. uh, so we're going to be having women podcaster guests all month because, you know, we're a show that is obviously women hosts. Our producers yes. are women. We are all yes. about we the rock. girl game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, exactly. you know, because it's the Girlfriend Network, we only have the best, and obviously the best are women. So Right. <laughs> Um, we need a class for that. Super excited um, about this month. So make sure you tune in every Monday right here. Um, yeah, Nicole, love you. Yeah. And I hope you have a love wonderful you week. And you, I'm Karen. so uh, proud of you. And you're, oh, girl, your headshots are looking sexy as hell. Aww, so thank you. Super, I'm so super excited. proud of you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Shout out well, to our producers, Denise and Ian. Thank you. We can't be here without you guys. So a lot of love. Our team is great. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's it. Our show's over. That's it. All righty. Until next week, listeners, same place, same time. Peace and love. Peace.
Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details